Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we smash apart the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute chunks so we can analyze them in scrupulous detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Road to Infinity podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco. Did you know that there are planes that are almost 70 years old still flying today? Really? Yeah. Cessna's 180 Skywagon, which was like the station wagon of consumer aircraft, like a four to six seater. Okay. Those were introduced in 1953. Some of them are still flying today. Wow. Because when you get it right. And it works. That's right. And you don't have to mess around with it. And you're saying to yourself, okay, well, what does this have to do? Uh Yeah, Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about about that. that. So, yeah, because we're here to talk about minute 15 of Louis Leterrier's 2008 film, The Incredible Hulk. And we start off from that amazing hero shot of Mr. Tim Roth. So let's talk about Tim Roth for a minute. Uh, So Tim Roth, I would say his first big pop was probably Reservoir Dogs. With Quentin Tarantino, yep. I would think he'd done some stuff before that, but I think that was where that got he, him noticed. No, he yeah, got because he was Mr. White yeah. and he was the, the major star of that. Even though you wouldn't know it by looking at the the poster, or everything. Sure. Um, so he's went on to work with Quentin a bunch of times uh, since then, and even still, uh, he, actually, he was he was just in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and got cut out. So maybe in the oh. four hour version of it, he'll be put back in. <laughs> oh, I would love <laughs> but, to see that. Yeah, because he actually shot a bunch of stuff for it. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was also in, Ro- uh, in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, which is one of my f- favorite cult sort of classics uh, about the two characters from Hamlet. Uh, his two best friends who uh, die across the way, like uh, Tom Stoppard wrote a whole play about them and their adventures, and so they made a movie of that with him and Gary Oldman. So if you're a fan oh. of Tim Roth and Gary Oldman, I say watch the movie. The movie is not. Amazingly, wonderfully fantastic because the tone sort of goes all over the place. But uh, it's it's re- especially if you're a if you're a Shakespeare nerd, it's super funny. He is one of the few everyman English actors. It's true because you know English actors, right? He's not, not, not like is... like super handsome. Yeah, well, well, but he's well, also not like ugly. No, no, no. <laughs> he's but just it, like a regular bloke. You expect all every English actor to sort of always be the James Bond uh, sort yeah. of you know Colin Firth, you, you know, sort of like that character. You don't expect any of them to play just like, yo, the dude who's like does this job, right? Yeah. Tim Roth, yeah, totally is that actor. Yeah. He, I mean, and he's reliable, and yeah. he's always hitting his mark, and yeah. he's doing what you want him to do. Yeah, he's one of those guys that shows up in a movie and is great. No yes. what, the movie might be, eh, but right. like he always is exactly right on. He has his character down. You're gonna get a solid performance every time he shows up. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't mean to go into a big love letter to Tim. No, Roth, I, said, but I, I, yeah. I think Tim Roth deserves a big love yeah, letter. He's like, totally, he's, like, he's like a hardworking actor. He's yes. like every time he shows up, he's he's putting in his time. Well, and you he would paid his dues. Certainly, already you can tell as he's coming off the helicopter. You know, again, we talked about stature and everything. Mm-hmm. This this I think helped to break the mold of what you expect the villain, the main villain, True. to be yes. or could be in future movies. Right, especially for a Hulk villain. Yes. You know, Tim Ross steps off the plane. He's 5'7". Yeah. And he's, you know, in his 40s. Yeah. And I think that the, in the movie, he's supposed to be uh, like 38, 39, something around those yeah, lines. Yeah, still not. Yeah, you know, exactly. Not, not like, spring chicken. Like, you step off and like, I pulled your ace and he steps off and you kind of go, huh. Oh, huh. okay. This is really? the... Really? Like, that guy? Really? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so he's playing Emil Blonsky. Uh, it reminded me of the old days of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies where they would always have to find a way to justify his accent. Oh, oh yes. Uh, he's... Originally from Austria, but then grew up in Hawaii. I mean, they just found all these weird ways of like justifying. And then after a while, they just went, eh. So in this, they found a way to say like, why is an English guy? Oh, well, see, he was born in Russia. He's he's on loan from British SAS. So he's a special ops from England. 
that they're that he's coming into the thing. So like it was nice because uh, originally Emil Blonsky was actually a spy. He was a he was a spy from you know Russia, the evil empire. But he was actually supposedly born in Yugoslavia. He appeared in Tales to Astonish number ninety in April of nineteen sixty seven. Uh, he's a, a a character from Gil Kane and Stan Lee. This is what I love about Stan Lee's storytelling back in this time. He didn't wait for anything. Like he was just like, we gotta get going, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. Right. So in one page. He's like revealed as a spy and transforms in the abomination, like in like five panels. Like he like by the end of like that one page, he's the he's full on abomination. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, awesome! Wow, they just didn't wait around at all. Bruce Banner had stuck into a military base to do an experiment to try and get the Hulk to cure the Hulk, and they found him before he could do it. Blonsky stepped in, like I don't know what he was doing, but I bet I could do the same thing, and like basically steps in the machine, press the button. On, he does. He literally presses the button and becomes the abomination. Like, it's just that fast. Um, well, now this, not getting ahead of us, but that that's the story yeah. that you will see played out in a much more character-driven Right, they find narrative. a much different motivation right. for Blonsky and why he would do something like that. Yeah, I know you cashed in some chips for this. I think that's an interesting line, too, because apparently these generals know each other enough, you know, how important this mission is. And I would assume that that means he's been briefed on the Hulk, that he knows how serious of a mission this is, because this is the guy who assembled this team for Ross. Okay, and a really interesting dialogue exchange yeah. here because okay I know you cashed in some chips for this and then as Ron says glad I could help just make it good yeah what does that mean <laughs> like, like, like what do you mean it. just make it is that a phrase that I'm not familiar with military speak like <laughs> because that's not what you'd say you'd say no like find the guy yeah, yeah okay well yeah. Mi- accomplish the Bring mission back. do what yeah. you gotta do yeah make it good <laughs> yeah that's a good question well I that implies a lot of stuff like yeah. make it look good yeah is there a way to make it bad are we trying well uh, okay this this made me wonder was there another plan here oh. are we bringing in this guy because we're trying to not just capture someone we're trying to trigger something oh hmm. okay i'm reading too much into this it aren't could I? Be. But yeah, that's, maybe. that's what our job is right? but i did think that that line was just that was just the you wouldn't write that unless someone said hey You've got to say this. Uh-huh. That's not a line that naturally would come out of that scene. So yeah, anyway. True. Uh, so we are all of our, our troops, our new commando squad, our, our proto Hulkbusters, if you will, uh, hop aboard a plane. This is a Lockheed CC-130H Hercules. This is actually another plane that's actually on loan to them from uh, Canadian Air Force. They uh, took it and redressed it. So they, they covered, they put USAF uh, stuff on all on the sides and everything too. And then obviously probably took it off quite as quickly when they, when they landed and brought it back on. What is amazing to me is the C-130 introduced in December of 1956. Wow. And still. Still. still and, and, oh, and when was it taken out of service? Yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> still, it's still in still service. Now that job. does not mean. There have been, like, this is an H model, 130H. Yeah. There have been a variance, like, there's at least been almost a dozen variants of this. Right. However, wow, there is yeah. something to be said for aircraft designed in the 50s. Yeah. This is, you know, we're coming out of World War II. The military is trying to understand what they got to do. Okay, there's some really good thinking here yeah. that you're still flying these literally almost 70 years later. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. That's it. something we said for American ingenuity in the fifties. Shout out to the designers yeah. of the C one thirty. So we we see Lockheed taking off into stormy skies. It was Ooh. clear just a minute ago. But, Foreshadowing. Okay. I know, right? That happened several times in this movie. Oh yeah. We'll get. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, so then we see them get their their packing brief. It's like they really these these black ops packing brief as they open it up, uh, and they see over uh, Emil's shoulder as he's flipping through. Then we get to see uh, like the picture of the, and it looks like the picture comes straight from Bruce's medical ID, like his, right. his badge when he worked at the the laboratory. Major Spar is the one giving all, all these things, and she has a, a great line that I actually went through and turned on the subtitle so I could get it. And she says, uh, "Snatch and grab live capture. You'll have your dark clips and suppression ordinance, but live fires for backup only." And she like rattles this stuff off. I mean, like she she nails this line over too. But I like that. So we're already seeing like the the thing is not kill. It's bring him back. Right. It's uh, everything they have, like like dart clips that are doing like tranquilizer darts, suppression ordinance, so like rubber bullets essentially. Uh, live fire backup only. So like basically, don't shoot him. If everything goes straight to hell, then yeah, maybe. Right. But even so, as we'll find out, eh, bullets aren't going to do a whole lot anyways. Then as Blonsky's looking over this, as you know, he's the ace, he's the the manhunter, he's the sort of the X factor in this one. He says a very simple question. Is he a fighter? While Ross answers, he doesn't really answer the question. <laughs> so he says he's still secret. So I'm like, oh, okay, so you assume he's an analyst. He's like, you know, he's like, we, we've seen a lot of whistleblowers. But then he says, oh, he's been implicated in the deaths of two scientists, a military officer, an Idaho state trooper, and two Canadian hunters. Okay, let's break down that list a little bit here. So... Two scientists. All right. So when he hulked out the first time, the scientist, he probably smashed through walls, smashed through the, and probably scientists died. I think we even see some some people on the ground. We right. see that they died from their injuries. And that. Right. Okay. Military officer. Well, that's probably our friend Scott Murphy from the first thing that we see firing at the Hulk. First person to fire a gun at the Hulk. Looks like he didn't make it out of there. An Idaho state trooper. Uh, what? How, when? When did the Hulk go to... Idaho? Like, <laughs> how did... The, so I assume there's a short film that I want to see. Bruce Banner has stolen a car, or let's say, let's give the benefit of the doubt. He had some money. He bought a car. Like, he gets pulled over by an Idaho State Trooper. Idaho State Trooper gets, like, figures out who he is, or that all of a sudden, it escalates. And then he hulks out and kills the state trooper? Like, what, <laughs> what, what, what happened there? And then from Idaho, apparently, he went to Canada. Because then... Well, that makes sense. Two Canadian hunters. Like, all these people are dead. They're dead, dead, dead. Not injured. He says dead. Implicated in the deaths of. Now, it could have been somebody got scared and ran off a cliff and died, and so he's implicated in the death. He didn't actually well, murder them. So it was wasn't like say, the Hulk is not snapping e- necks. Even, even Ross, you're saying is, it's different from saying implicated in the deaths. Yes. To, he murdered six he murdered, people. Yeah, exactly. He didn't murder it, six people. Right. So it could be like, because of the explosion in the, in the lab, then the scientists died. So it wasn't the Hulk stepping on them right. or punching them. It could have just been the explosion causes. So therefore implicated the death of. But I and do love thing, and the, what happened with that state trooper. That's I'm, I'm, oh, gonna, right. I'm gonna be on this for the rest of the. I <laughs> would movie. love what yeah, we'll happened have to, to that we'll poor to, state trooper in Idaho. We'll have to come up with a hypothesis. On yeah, that. the Canadian hunters I think is is a nice homage. I think that that probably is a nice nod because uh, when the Hulk was in Canada is the first time he met Wolverine because Wolverine's oh. first appearance was in Canada in the woods fighting the Hulk. That was the right. first time uh, our, our friend Logan ever appeared in a comic book page was fighting the Hulk in Canada. But I do love the whole way this sets up in literally six seconds. Yeah. Emile's sort of like, well, this guy doesn't look any different from me. Like, does, right. like what am I supposed to be afraid of here? Right. What's, what's the, why did you bring me here? Yeah, exactly. What is going to be the problem? I look around at these, these serious, you know, door kickers and go, well, why for this guy? So you can see he lights Ross up a little bit like uh-huh. as soon as Ross Ross turns around and is like hey hold on a second yeah 
Don't underestimate. Yeah, don't underestimate it because and the stole secrets line I think is kind of funny. Like, yeah. okay, uh-huh. sure, but it's like you know <laughs> he's, he's you know, killed six people and again didn't say that. Yeah. You would think there's a reason he doesn't say that yes. because if you're trying to convince someone, say yeah, he killed six people. Yeah. No, you he... approach the situation differently exactly. if he's a multiple murderer. Exactly. Than if he's implicated in the deaths of. Hmm. Yeah. As Ross is continuing his diatribe about this, then he uh, comes out and says, "Trank him and and what? what Trank yeah, him and what? And then and kick him when he's down? Like what? Trank him and and haul him, put and, him in a bag, and, and and dress him in his Sunday best and bring him home? Like what? I, we don't know. We're, we won't find out until minute sixteen. Oh, that's right, another cliffhanger. Jeez, what happens when you trank him? Trank him? We don't know. Right. Uh, so you have to tune in and listen to minute sixteen to find out what happens." To the end of that sentence. In the meantime, if you want to know what we're up to, what we're doing, what we're about, what we're what we feel about things, you can follow us on all the social media things. We're on the Instagram, we're on the Twitter, we're on the Facebook. You find search for the next reel, and you'll find us on all those places. Uh, hope you had a smashing good time. Thanks for listening. Until next time, true believers. Bye. Bye.